You're listening to the Outdoor Podcast, proudly presented by Six Hour and created by Bowhunter Planet. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to the Outdoor Podcast. In studio tonight, it's myself, Tim Mazarana, Dave Thomas, and Jamie Nopum. And uh, tonight, we're talking to Easton. We're talking actually to Gary Cornum from EastonArchery.com. Gary, how's it going? It's going great. Thanks for having me in. Yeah, no, awesome, man. I'm glad that we could have you on. I know we got a lot of good questions about your products and everything that you guys have. Uh, but what we wanted to first start off with is just to kind of give a rundown of Easton's history. How did Easton start? You know, just a kind of quick, quick history of Eastern archery. Yeah, it's a it's a great history, actually. Uh, the company started, we actually celebrated our 100 year anniversary in 2022. So just last year. Uh, and the, uh, the way the company started was it started with our founder, Doug Easton, who was a young man in 1920, 1922. And he, uh, he was, he enjoyed hunting, uh, and he was primarily a bird hunter. And there was an accident, um, where somebody left a shotgun leaned, leaning up against, uh, one of the cars. It fell over and went off and actually, uh, hit him with birdshot in his leg. Um, and, uh, he's fairly seriously injured. Um, and so he was in the hospital for uh, a number of months. And while he was there, a friend gave him a book by Saxon Pope. And, uh, I think, you know, most people in archery would recognize Pope as being, uh, you know, Pope and young. He was uh, Saxon Pope was that original, uh, you know, one of the pioneers of, of modern archery, so to speak. And, uh, there was a book that he had published. It was it was hunting with the bow and arrow. And uh, Doug Easton, while he's convalescing in the uh, in the hospital, read this book. The book also explained about equipment and how to make it. And so, uh, when he got out of the hospital and when he healed up, Doug Easton took that information that he learned from from Saxon Pope's book and began making his own equipment. Um, it was longbows and wood arrows at the time. And he got really good at it um, and uh, kind of a tinker and a perfectionist that he was. He perfected those materials at that time and started his business. And that was the way Easton was founded. And for the first 10 years or so, Doug Easton made wood arrows and longbows. And there's, we still have some of those original, that original equipment that he made wow. in the 1920s and 30s. Uh, here in our facility and uh, from there he continued to perfect throughout his throughout his life uh, and came out with the aluminum that was the big paradigm shift and I think it was one of the real uh, you know innovations that kind of ushered in modern archery because the equipment was so limited what you could do with wood arrows at the time especially in tournament shooting uh, and when he when he came out with the aluminum, the, the, it was a big paradigm shift because that material was so consistent. Archers immediately just, you know, their scores went flying through the roof. And and then throughout his life, he continued to innovate. And then from there, uh, he handed it off to his son, Jim Easton. And in the Jim Easton era, they, the company began experimenting with other materials, aluminum, aluminum, carbon, and then hybrids. So the carbon arrow kind of took off. And then the third generation, Greg Easton, who's uh, over uh, over the company today. So third generation, we just continue to innovate and kind of build on Doug Easton's legacy that way uh, with the, you know, so we've been doing, that's kind of the, 
you know, two minute version of our hundred year history of, of <laughs> archery. Uh, but we still have that innovative DNA uh, going on here in this building today. And we're throughout that whole hundred year history. A lot of people know this. A lot of people don't know is, uh, you know, in the, in the behind the wall here in my office, there's a factory. And then those arrows are still made for a hundred years, still made right here in the United States. So we're still a USA made company. Well, you guys have seen a lot of changes over the industry, um, I'm sure. And yeah. I can't, you know, a hundred year history, that's that's a quite a long that's time. Amazing, right? That is yeah. quite a long time. So um and, and to see that company pass, you know, generation to generation, um, no doubt why Easton is probably not probably the best known name when it comes to arrows. I mean, you guys have just, you've been around forever. I think literally longest, forever. I think it's the longest company. Correct me if I'm wrong, Gary, but I'm pretty sure Easton's the longest archery brand in history. I, I think so. I can't think of another one. No. Um, and, and if you look at kind of the, the history of like modern or modern archery or modern bow hunting, you know, it, it kind of follows the history of Easton, you know, uh, the, the, you know, Art Young and, and Saxon Pope were sort of the, you know, kind of that those first bow hunters at the in the early 1900s. And and that's kind of when Easton came of age. There's a few companies that were spawned that everybody knows, Bear, Hoyt, they kind of came along shortly thereafter. Um, but that those 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 brands that are still around kind of follow that same history of modern archery and modern bow hunting and kind of came of age at the same time. Very good. Gary, from a historical um, concept, I guess, you know, the way we see the industry, the way you've seen the industry, you've been in it a long time now. What's your what's your thoughts on the way the industry is going to go in the next 10 years? Do you see that? Do you see it kind of uh, contracting now a little bit? I mean, we had this big boom during COVID where I felt like tons of bow manufacturers selling everything they could make as fast as they could. And now, you know, with uh, things slowing down a little bit, do you see that contracting and do you see that kind of leading to, I don't know, com com combining of companies or not necessarily East I'm talking about, but other brands or like closure of companies? Do you, I guess, where do you think it's going to go is obviously this is just, you know, thought it's not <laughs> guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I've, I've been with Easton quite a while. I've been with Easton 30 years now. And, uh, and so I've kind of, I've kind of watched, you know, where the industry's gone. Uh, and I have noticed that, you know, we do see some retraction, but by and large, it's kind of a steady eddy. You know, it's like uh, throughout that my time here, um, you know, we, we've seen the rise of 3D and other types of archery. Uh, we're seeing other events now that are kind of taking the stage. Um, and I haven't really seen huge spikes and huge drops it's been it's been fairly steady we have seen over the last three years you know around 2016 we kind of saw a little bit of a retraction and then over the last three years we've seen a huge amount of you know we were having demand that we were just i mean we we're running our factory as fast as we could the last few years and finally now just sort of getting caught up so yeah maybe maybe it maybe that growth or that explosion of of demand might come back down a little bit but i i see I just see a lot of, uh, you know, maybe a lot more, especially lately, seems like there's a lot more guys that are kind of getting in that technical side of archery. They're, they're tinkering more with their equipment. They're playing around with, you know, just FOC and longer range shooting, a whole bunch of different things. Uh, there's, it seems like, you know, just when we kind of think we, we've seen it all, somebody will have had a new game or, or something else that, uh, 
you know, that they could try out in archery, another way to, another way to, you know, find a challenge uh, out there. And so, um, you know, I, I think if there's, if there's any, uh, you know, we, we've always been the 30 years that I've been here, we've always been worried about, you know, access to land and participation, uh, you know, with younger shooters, but it seems like a lot of the, a lot of the shooters now that we share information on social media and other places, podcasts and whatnot. So there's kind of that resurgent maybe uh, because we're able to do that with what's happened in social media. And, and, and it, it, it seems like the sport sort of likes to reinvent itself with the latest and greatest, whether it be technology or new way to shoot archery, like we saw with 3d uh, it seems like the, the people find their way in one way or another. Yeah, and I think I think uh, it's actually a good segue because you know you guys really have a tradition, obviously, in archery, been around for a very long time, and you have um, a heart for the archers as well, and bringing new people in. And I know, um, Dave, we just wanted to take a second to thank them. I'm going to have you tell kind of a little bit of the the story behind um, the arrows that were recently donated. Um, but just wanted to oh, thank yeah. you guys for what you guys do for the archery industry. So Dave, Dave, you want to tell that story yeah, real quick? Yeah. yeah. So thanks Gary and, and the Easton team, not only for what I'm about to talk about, but for supporting Bowhunter planet, it's been a, a long ride to get to where we're at as well. And, you know, having the classic series was such a, like a huge, um, perfect storm, I think for Easton to join forces with us this year, because the classic series really tells the story of the history, uh, through the bows. And I think it's really important to continue doing that through the next few years, especially to video save these bows, you know, for time, to, you know, a lot of these bows, you can't find a video on besides ours now. You right. Know? So that's why it's really fun to, to be a part of that and, and, um, continue that on. Uh, but yeah, so I had recently went into a local, um, a nature center. And I, I knew they had done some archery stuff. I wasn't sure on the whole, you know, scenario around it, but I, you know, I was talking to the woman who runs it, Deborah, and we were talking about, I asked her, you know, what's your archery thing look like? I own an archery website. And she goes, yeah, you know, this is what we do. We train a lot of kids and we, we shoot all these arrows and they had, and I go, well, I said, what do you need help with? And she goes, arrows. I need arrows really, really bad. We have all these old uh, Easton arrows specifically. Uh, she showed them to me. And so I took a picture of it and sent it to Easton. And I said, uh, can you guys, you know, help these guys out? They're looking for 50 arrows. And of course you guys without, uh, you know, turning on, you guys said, yes, no problem. And so it was actually pretty amazing. And I, I went up there and gave her the, I took a picture with her with the arrows for you guys and gave them and donated them to them. And uh, it was just really important because, it's kids, you know, and there's right. all these kids, right. And they go there and they shoot these bows and they learn archery for the first time. This is like a small nature center in a community, but they're, you know, hosting all these children that are coming in. They're not just children, uh, new women archers too, that want to learn archery. So like wives and moms or whatever can come and learn archery as well. So they have like a woman's night and then a, like a whole bunch of kids nights. So, yeah. So thanks Gary. That was uh really helpful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that's kind of in our blood as well. Uh, uh, you know, we have, and I don't know if you've had the chance to see, we, we, we built these uh, archery centers, uh, the foundation has. So there's an organization called Easton Foundations and Easton Sports Development Foundation. And its goal is to grow the sport of archery. And that's, uh, that's the Easton family funding that. That's not our company. That's, you know, that's the Easton family and their initiative. That's a separate organization from from our our for-profit company but they built centers around the uh, country and they support 
you know, sh uh, different shooter, shooter outreach and things like that. Um, a lot of people don't know that, but uh, that's the, the Easton family, you know, uh, three generations now, they really, archery is really near and dear to their heart. You know, a lot of people know that we were, we, we've done products for hockey. We've done products for baseball. If you talk to somebody on the street and they say, Hey, have you heard of Easton? Most everybody has, and most people know us from our team sports equipment and a lot of people for archery. Um, and I'm always amazed how many people I run into that somewhere along the line have tried archery somewhere, somehow. Uh, but, but the Easton family is, has always been, uh, you know, very supportive of, of especially, you know, getting youngsters involved in the sport, but, you know, all types of archery and really, you know, helping foster that at the, you know, at the base level to make sure that there is a place to shoot or, you know, that there are, you know, programs out there that, that where people want to try archery, they have an opportunity to do that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't know, um, what's I going to say? I lost my three and thought for a second. <laughs> I know I was going with this. I was trying to figure out how I wanted to turn into it, but, um, so, I guess when I think of Easton and I think of uh, the brand itself, like the first thing that comes to my mind, like the very first thing is XX75. So the XX75 aluminum arrow um, was, I mean, it, would that have to have been Gary, like your most popular arrow for a decent amount of time or, or how does that work? Cause I know I used to see that arrow everywhere. I mean, that was like the arrow. I used to shoot that. Yeah. Yeah. So to kind of pick up on our history, uh, you know, they, that that was one of the arrows that, you know, I feel like archery sort of like any sport sort of has a golden age. And I think the golden age of archery, if it's not right now, it was maybe when it when the maybe right after the compound bow was invented. And and, and then soon thereafter, like 3D came out and and, uh, you know, you remember those days of the XX 75s and everybody was shooting overdraws and and, and that, you, know, you remember all that stuff. But um for a very long time, we had our game getter, which is an XX75 outlay, but we had the one you're talking about, I think was the, the XX75 Camel Hunter. And we had the Autumn Orange. And uh, those were the mainstay for a long time. Um, and for, a, I think, a long time, and maybe even to this day, you know, if you look at the total number of units that we've pushed out of this factory right here, that still may be king because for a good 20 years, that was the flagship arrow in the industry with those XX75s. And, you know, we were talking here the other day and I said, you know what I think I might do? We still sell them to this day. I think I might make a set for myself and go out and hunt with it just for all time. Awesome. I love you it. Know? Well, I think it'll be a blast, you know? And I, I thought, you know, we're always, Hey, let's shoot an FMJ. Let's get this four millimeter, this four millimeter, that, or, uh, you know, whatever the latest and greatest thing might be. Um, and I thought, you know what, it might be kind of fun is to build up a set, of arrows like I would have done when I first started here at the company, but that XX 75, um, you know, really, I think that was one of the arrows that changed bow hunting for a lot, of, you know, anybody that's been around, uh, bow hunting for, you know, more than 25 years will know that and, and kind of know that and remember that arrow. And, and, uh, it was King for a long time. And then, so then that leads me to the XX 78. So <laughs> super slam, which was yeah. uh, a little bit wider, right? I mean, it's a little bit wider diameter. It was, it was, uh, there were some sizes that were bigger. That's probably what you're thinking of that were introduced with the Super Slam. And that was around the early 90s. And that was right 
right about the time I started here. And, uh, and that was a new alloy, the XX70 alloy. Um, and we teamed up with Chuck Adams at the time, because that was also that time where he had just completed the first super slam with a bow. And so we, there was all that momentum and excitement around that achievement. So we went out and found a, a better alloy uh, that is a little more durable and harder. And it was a big introduction. And uh, that XX78 kind of be, then became the flagship of of the hunting line after the XX75, which we were still selling at the time. But but the XX78 kind of came in with a, a better alloy, a more straight product, and uh, some additional sizes like like what you're referring to um, about that about that time as well. So Gary, where do you see the trend going right now? Is it more into the micro realm or where, where do you see kind of things yeah. taking shape? Yeah. So what, what we're seeing now uh, is the, the micro, the four millimeter product that uh, we started really getting into about 10 years ago, but it's starting to really come of age. Uh, but the trend I'm seeing is a lot of component. Uh, and that's, what we're looking at a lot of that too, is uh, you know, guys hey i want to put brass up front or i want to do you know i want to use a half out uh i want to use you know a lot more point weight or strengthening collars around the front we're seeing a lot of interest in components and um you know i just archery it just seems like archers like to try new things they like to find a little bit better way incremental benefits so they're playing around with more point weight reports from the field are hey, this is helping my penetration, it's helping my accuracy. Uh, so archers are playing around with that and, tr and trying new things with components. So, uh, you know, we think about it, you know, the arrows, we play around with diameter, different materials, but at the end of the day, they're still around too. And so, we're, we're you know, we're always looking at what else can we do? What, what incremental improvements can we make? And like I said, archers like to play around with, they like to tinker with that equipment a little bit and see what they can do do improve accuracy, improve penetration. Um, they're looking at different fletch options at the back end, you know, point options at the front end. So that seems to be a trend right now. Do, do you see a lot of those trends being started more with um, target guys or the the hunters? You know, I, I think you're right. Uh, the, the one thing about Easton, uh, we have that other side of our business. We, we make the target and a lot of that is sold overseas, the target product uh, right up to the Olympics uh, with like our X, our X10 product, uh, which is even smaller in diameter than the hunting. But one of the stories that we tell here is that while our engineers are out there making these products that the Olympians use to win the Olympics, win the gold medal, uh, they're innovative components and shafts they're, and they're utilizing different materials and diameters to do that. Coincidentally, uh, those, those innovations that we come up with, like the, uh, the flagship right now in, in uh, Olympic archery is the tungsten points. So you've seen like a lot of our, our components now that we produce, you know, they utilize that, that material as well, but the, even the shaft construction that we come up with that would, that will, you know, be, the type of quality that win the Olympics, we take what we learn on that side for really what are the world's best archers 
And then we say, hey, what could we do to adapt these innovations onto our hunting line? So we utilize that expertise in-house to make a better hunting product. And that that includes the components like what we're seeing the trend in the market, uh, you know, the materials and different, uh, like the, FO, the target shooters found that their FOC, you know, enhances their accuracy by, you know, by boosting that up a little bit. And that's where like the tungsten comes in. Um, and um, so, you know, we're seeing, uh, you know, we're planning out different materials like, like titanium and different things like that. Uh, with what we've learned on the on the target side, um, you're seeing like the titanium components on the hunt, on the hunting side, and and small diameter that came right out of target uh, with them. You know they're shooting way out at you know 70 meters, trying to keep that trying to carry the momentum downrange, but also, you know they've got those crosswinds that they're dealing with. Well, it turns out in hunting they have some of those same problems or some of those same goals. But also the diameter helps when it does impact the target when you're in a hunting situation. So you get an added benefit from from that, and and so those uh, those micro diameter products are uh, very beneficial to the hunter as well. That makes sense. It reminds me of uh, like the racing circuit, right? Like Le Mans, right? The the all the expensive car companies run all their new components, That's and then they figure out what works, what doesn't. And then they, yeah, then they bring that to market and production and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that, uh, I had a feeling that was kind of the case, but, um, you know, it's pretty cool to hear about the, the new components and everything that people are trying to, trying to use as well. Gary, speaking of overseas, what's the largest like country that's more in archery than most people would think. Today's episode is brought to you by Sig Sauer, keeping you safe in and out of the field, but also keeping you in the field longer with Sig's lineup of cross rifles, optics, ammo, and more. Learn all about it at SigSauer.com. Also brought to you by Tinks, Dead Downwind, Burris, Vapor Trail, Stokerized, Apex Rewards, and Easton. Last year, Reveal by Tacticam quickly became the most sought-after scouting camera in America, making cellular scouting available to any hunter. We ask our users how we can make this outstanding camera even better, and this is our answer. Introducing the all-new Reveal X. Even easier setup, better battery life, faster trigger speed, on-demand HD photos, extended detection range. This season, find out what all the buzz is about. Get a new Reveal X by Tacticam. Enter the Apex Outdoor Rewards Turkey Challenge in your state. Over $120,000 in cash rewards. Limited number of entries allowed statewide. Every bird is a possible winner. Reward your passion at ApexOutdoorRewards.com. Uh, over in Europe, uh, in France, uh, is probably the biggest, uh, it target archery is really big there, but uh-huh. it's in, uh, yeah, in Italy and, uh, uh Germany, uh, well, really all over Western Europe, but then, uh, you know, archery is big in Japan, Korea, the Koreans do so well in the Olympics. Uh, they're starting and, and the Olympics, uh, you know, maybe for the listeners that, don't know the, the the olympics have been recurve um and recurve is very popular uh when you go overseas target recurve like in france it's probably 60 40 recurve versus compound maybe even a little higher mm-hmm. than that um and same same with asia uh, but archery is popular in japan it's really popular in uh, korea and then you know 
most of Europe, but very much so in France. That's a big market. Uh, Great Britain as well. Uh, and so they are, uh, they don't have the hunting opportunity that we do, but, uh, and even, even the use of firearms in a lot of these places are, is very restricted. So, uh, there's a lot of folks there that want to participate in the shooting sports and archery gives them the opportunity to be able to do that. And so it's very popular overseas and, and, uh, we're constantly in, innovating products on that side as well, like I said, and then where we can adapt to the hunting market. So, uh, you know, in those countries like Japan and Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Korea. I mean, all the other ones too, but I feel like from, I mean, everything I've learned about the industry, uh, I mean, I feel like America just really dominates like the archery space. Like I don't, I don't really know of any bow manufacturers in Japan or maybe Korea might have one, but I, I don't think, I mean, is there, is there a lot out there Gary, or is it really mostly here? Cause I know Hoyt's like huge across the world when it comes to that. Type yeah. Of stuff. yeah. Both, most of the bow manufacturers are here. Uh, Easton's I still think Easton is, if, if we're not the only, I think we're the, still the only, USA made arrow company. A lot of the accessories, uh, accessory items are made overseas. Bows primarily, primarily in, in the US. Uh, so that but there is a strong manufacturing of our equipment that is done that is done in the United States. And I think our sports, you know, fortunate for that. And and the fact that we've got this huge bow hunting opportunity here in the US, we're so blessed to have that because not a lot of countries have that so we get kind yeah. of get a double we get a double whammy on archery we can we can go out and we can shoot target we shoot 3d but then in the fall you know we hang that bow up and then we can get out there and and hunt and there's so many places in the world where uh not only can they they not you know participate in you know the shooting the the, the firearm side but they don't really have a they don't really have an opportunity to go out and hunt like we we enjoy so um, I feel, you know, I feel fortunate that we have that. Um, bull hunting is pretty popular in other places. Uh, it, we have, there's actually one hunting magazine in France. They do, some, they do some bow hunting over there. And then I know there, uh, there's a fair amount in South Africa and Australia. They have a lot of feral species in Australia and, you know, gun guns there, I think are quite restricted. So archery is fairly popular among bow hunters down, down under as well. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to jump back to the history thing real quick. Cause I got one more I want to ask about, um, cause I yeah. almost forgot about it, but I can't forget about this. Very important. Yeah. The ACC. So the ACC was the first, uh, aluminum and carbon bow. You or I'm sorry, arrow that you guys produced. And that obviously led to 
the full metal jacket at some point. My question is, uh, can you tell us a little bit about the ACC and then how long was that arrow in production before we got the uh, FMJs? Yeah. So there was, uh, that was kind of during the, the Jim Easton era and the early era of Greg Easton. Um, again, we're innovation runs in our, you know, in, in these walls, we're constantly thinking about how can we improve the product? Well, just to back up just a little bit, aluminum is extremely consistent. So if you go back to where Doug Easton was utilizing wood, wood grain ones runs one way, and it's different across every shaft that you make. And so you have to clock your arrows. You have to shoot them and number your arrows because every one of them is going to hit in a different spot if you're shooting wood. Well, when, when Doug Easton came up with the aluminum arrow, that all went away. You know, a dozen aluminum arrows, they all shoot in the same spot. So that was a huge advantage. So aluminum, where it's strong, is it's strong in the accuracy department. It's spine around shaft. It's just impeccable. Uh, the weight from shaft to shaft is amazing. We can we can process those to an, an incredible straightness. So the, the material itself is very accurate. Where it falls down is it's kind of heavy and it's not as durable. So then you bring carbon into the game and they started experimenting with carbon. Carbon is lightweight, it's strong, it's durable, but it's not the processes of, of putting a resin and, and carbon fiber together. Uh, it is limited in, in how accurate and how consistent you can go from shaft to shaft. Even to this day, there's some, some limitations there. So uh, early on, knowing that they, we had these two materials, uh, Easton, under the under Jimmy's direction at the time, said, "What if we marry those two materials together?" And so, you, what you end up with uh, is a is a product where you take you're taking the best attributes of aluminum accuracy, consistency, and you're taking the best attributes of carbon strength and durability, and you're putting them together, and they work in concert together to just make a phenomenal product. And 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 then. You know, we started playing around with that. We were doing that for the Olympians. The first, the very first uh, AC hunting arrow, I think it even was before the ACC, was the ACH, and that stood for Aluminum Carbon Hunter. And then they took that and they involved that into the Aluminum Carbon Composite. That's the ACC that you're referring to. Uh, and then down the road a ways, uh, we, we said, what if we flipped that? So when you put carbon on the outside, which that's what an ACC is, it's a an aluminum core with a car with carbon wrapped over the outside. That allows you to make a very lightweight product. The way the carbon and, and aluminum work together, uh, carbon gives it the stiffness and uh, the, that it needs, and it's more efficient in that regard when you put it on the outside. We said, what if you flip it? So we flipped it. We made the the FMJ, the Full Metal Jacket. That is a carbon core with an aluminum jacket on the outside what that generally does is give it more kinetic energy more momentum uh, generally speaking so that's ideal for a lot of hunting situations and then we're constantly uh, perfecting our our carbon processes and we have phenomenal carbon products today uh, but even today aluminum is still if you really look at it is more accurate um as far as the material goes, but then kind of you, the best of both worlds is when you put the two of them together. Would you say the FMJ today is the flagship arrow for hunting? I think, 
I think it is in the industry. Uh, it, uh, you know, they're, they're it, for certain applications, like if you're trying to get more speed uh, and especially the way the boats transfer, transfer their energy to the aero today, they do a really good job of that. They're very efficient. Uh, there's other, like all carbon product is better, but where you're, where you're in situations where, uh, you know, today we have range finders where, you know, and a lot of whitetail hunting that's going on. Uh, I, you know, I use the FMJ a lot. Um, the FMJ came around uh, in 2006, we introduced it. Uh, and that was, that was back in the time when we were, we came up with the hit insert and we came out with the axis in 2003. And then a couple of years later, we came out with the FMJ and that was kind of that at that same time when all the micro diameter arrow kind of took off with our hit product, uh, the, the hit inserts that allowed us to do that. Um, and, uh, and that really, and then I really think the FMJ we came out with that four millimeter a few years ago has really come of age. I think it was kind of there for a while and people didn't really know, you know, too much about it. And I, I, I see like adoption of the FMJ especially over the last six or seven years, we've seen growth in that category year over year, uh, every single year has kind of come of age. And, and uh, you know, there's so many benefits to it uh, in terms of penetration, uh, you know, just uh, making your, making your setup quieter. There's a lot going on there. Um, and I, you know, I use them whenever I can. Uh, but for most applications, I'd say that is the flagship. I think it, you know, it's one of those things where the, FMJ is different than anything out there. So really there's no competition in that specific type of arrow. And I think that stands out for Easton dramatically at a pro shop or whatever, because if you want the best of the best, you're getting that arrow. And I think a lot of guys do that. They go and say, what's the best one you got? And they're going to go for the one that's going to be different and more powerful and stronger. Uh, Gary, tell us a little bit about the crossbow market. What do you guys have for crossbow and how you, how does that, is it going well for you guys? Like, how do you feel about the crossbow portion of this stuff? Yeah, we're well, that's an area that we we continue to innovate, um, and uh, we've we've made FMJs for crossbow, we've made AC for crossbow, uh, and then the carbon product and even aluminum is still really popular. We do a lot of that. Uh, we do products for some of the crossbow companies, and then we have our own line. Uh, we have of, of products there. Uh, the the crossbow market for us as a manufacturer. Is somewhat challenging, uh, you know, with the, with knock systems that are all unique. Uh, we don't have that problem with the vertical bow. Uh, you know, they all they all use the same knock, and and so we're limited to some degree by how far we can go with that. Um, if, if the crossbow market generally, every manufacturer has a knock system that that they you know that's kind of proprietary to them. So we partner where we can. We partner with the crossbow companies. Uh, that are looking for you know a great a great product from Easton and uh, you know with our brand and our expertise uh, to uh, take what we've learned on the vertical bow side and in the target archery side and, and apply that to the, the crossbow. But uh, I was going to bring that up actually. The knocks are so, so different. You know? Yeah, and, and so we're we're uh, we want to be right right there with it as well. What what about the uh, bolt length? Because I know that. You know, different crossbows also use different lengths. 16s can you, sometimes, right? Yeah, 16s, 18s. Can you take like an off-the-shelf um, bolt that you guys make and cut it down? Or does that affect the flight of the bolt? Of the bolt? Most, the... 
you could um you know that when you get into that though i always refer people to their bow manufacturer yeah these and different things generally speaking though i think in all cases like with with our uh, vertical bow arrows, we send we sell those out at a full length, and then the shops cut them down, right. or the, the end user cuts them down to their length. With crossbow, they're generally, I can't think of a case where they're not ordered at a certain length, you know, inserted, cut, and all that. So um, again, they're they're every the crossbow is a little different that way, in that the the bow manufacturer sort of spec out what's right for their product, whereas you know, on the vertical bow side, you go, Hey, I'm going to try an axis this year. And then I'm, I'm going to try a Sonic or an FMJ, you know, you can adjust your setup and it's pretty easy to move from one to another with crossbows. You always have to refer back to your bow manufacturer to really, you know, make sure you got the right fitment, the right arrow length and, 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 you know, get it set up properly. Yeah. I want to point out real quick to the listeners and people viewing the show that, um, so I get a lot of questions and when I'm doing my live feeds about, um, which arrow weight, which arrow, you know, should I use the, you know, so I'm like, you have to, you have to like use the calculators to figure that out. It's not something I can tell you there's, there's more to it, but I, I want to tell people that Easton has that on their website. They have FOC calculator, kinetic energy calculators all put on here. I also took these calculators and put them on the front page of the Bowen Planet website. So people can go there, click the button and it actually takes them to this one here um, because it's really important. And I want people to know they can quickly find a calculator wherever they're at, but it's going to come back to Easton's page to, you know, help you select the correct one because that's, what's needed, you know, cause <laughs> I tell you, we get that question all the time. I'm like, guys, I'm like, you got to go do your own calculation. I said, if you have questions, call Easton direct. So I've been telling people, you yeah. know, Hey, call them if you have yeah, questions we, about it. We've taken those tools too, and uh, actually put it on an app. So you can download the Easton Archery app and those tools, it, it, it just uh, direct links into these tools that you're talking about. Um, and there's some other there's some other items in there like uh, scoring rings on 3D targets and some nice handy stuff to keep in your pocket. But I use it like if I'm at a show and answering questions with folks and they want to know, you know, ask asking questions like what you're referring to. It's nice to just open up those tools on my app and and uh, and just click away or find out what arrow spine they need. Just plug in. You can plug in their specs on their bow and uh, get them you know, the, the proper arrow spine real quick by, by utilizing that either on our website or through our app. I'll tell you what, Gary, I was, I was really impressed with uh, the Easton website stuff. And, and uh, mainly I, I didn't realize I was going to run into all the accessories you guys have, like the tools, the adhesives, the, I was like, wow, this is like literally a one-stop shop. You know, you can get a bow case. I mean, it's pretty sweet. And I know you guys have a lot of target shooters. They have the, you guys have the jerseys on there. Um, whole bunch of great, things including stabilizers and stuff i i don't i just don't think people realize how much is actually there there's just a ton of great stuff to look at on top of obviously get your arrows and then you got all these cool accessories you can get uh to to you know if you want to upgrade your arrows and put different tips on all that stuff they have all that stuff handy right there so gary if i'm a new hunter coming in what are what are some of like the maybe the top three or four things that I should be thinking about when I'm going to buy arrows. Cause there's a lot that goes into that, right? Those calculators are made for a reason, but what, what are some highlights? What are some things that I should be thinking about if I'm walking into a or asking or asking? Yeah. Yeah. It's really, uh, I think for, you know, it's kind of been one of a little bit, you know, I think a barrier to some people, uh, a little daunting. I know when yeah. I started at Easton, I didn't have a lot of archer experience. I had, 
I'd bow hunted a little bit and uh, I'd hunted a lot, but uh, archery was a little bit new to me and it was kind of daunting. Uh, you know, you, you, you start to rub shoulders with archers that have a lot of experience and you start to feel a little bit, you know, intimidated as you hang around these guys. Uh, and so it, and if you open up our catalog or our website and, and look at, you know, that, that, Oh, you got axis and you got FMJ and you got five millimeter, four millimeter, and you got our six, five and Sonic and it goes on and on. And then you got all the other manufacturers kind of doing the same thing. And you're like, wait, wait, which one do I use? You know? And, and so, um, there there's a lot of of a lot of questions a new archer might have um i think the right questions to ask would be first of all you know just the basics you know where's uh, your easton section yeah, <laughs> yeah where's your easton section, right one thing about easton too is uh we we are we set out to make an arrow for every archer that's from a youngster starting out with their first little recurve that they want to shoot in the backyard with their, you know, supervision from their parents, or if it's, uh, you know, the Olympic podium and every bow hunt from Africa to Alaska, right? We want to have an arrow that fits every archer. So, you know, the answer to, you know, which arrow is right for me would just be, you know, I would direct the person into one, we've kind of get them into four categories now. We have Sonic for the speed guy. We've got FMJ for the guy that wants something hard hitting. We've got Axis for the kind of the all around guy. And, you know, we've got the 6.5 that's a great value in a really durable arrow. So, um, you know, we've kind of, we what we try to do is consolidate our brand. So it is a little easier for folks to, you know, to get into, to get into archery. But, you know, that's why we still to this day, I mean, we, we don't, the pro shop, the, our, our Easton dealers are so, and, and even, even like y'all who are, you know, helping provide this great information for people that are getting into the sport, but the pro shop getting fitted with the right bow, getting those arrows with the right spine is, is critical. We feel like the dealers just uh, serve such a vital role uh, in getting, getting people started. So I'd say, you know, get into a good qualified pro shop and then, you know, the arrows, you're kind of splitting hairs, you know, all four of those categories are great. If you're looking for speed, go to a Sonic. You know, if you're looking for all around, a 6.5 or an Axis. And then you want something with lots of kinetic energy, pick, pick an FMJ. We've kind of honed the message down to that, uh, really those four messages. And everything you get inside of there, you can learn as you get more advanced in the sport of archery. You can start to think about, well, maybe I want to shoot a, a four millimeter, boost my FOC with some brass inserts or you know, you can start to to really get into that sport, into the, the dive into more of the details as you gain experience. Yeah. Gary, what's the uh what's the um history and background of the look of some of the arrows, like the designs and stuff? Because hands down, Easton like blows this category out of the water. Like this whiteout, six point five whiteout is to me, it's one of the coolest looking arrows I've ever seen. Like, so can you give us just a little background, like who comes up with that? Like who came up with the whiteout idea? Cause I just love it. I think it's one of the coolest things I've seen. In a yeah. Long time. So, you know, it feels like a setup question because the, all the aero cosmetics come out of my office and ah, uh, I, I work with, my, I work with our design team and they're, they're, they're the talent, but you know, and then, and then our, our product development team, we, we really try to collaborate. Uh, we like to get our, you know, our dealer input. We like to get, but you know, you get into the design side of it. 
um, there's just, you know, what I feel like is you're trying to, you're trying to convey that uh, the quality that's in a part of the product into the design of it, whether it be, you know, the aero label or the finish, the whiteout we came out with um, was really kind of a desire to be able to see that aero in flight, you know, and, um, and then, and then a lot of it too is uh, what can we do that's new? What's the difference? It kind of fills in that that innovation side of us that I talk about when we were talking about different materials. We do that too with with maybe the way the product looks. And but as I as I've done this and been in marketing as long as I have, really what I try to do and what the way we name and brand our products, uh, the way we make them look is to is to sort of make the product look and feel like the purpose that it that it's intended and the quality level that it has. So uh, if you look at like an, an X10, it's it's a two color silk screen label. It's very it's very uh, simple. It's very business like. I'm gonna get down to business. I'm gonna win this tournament. You know, yeah. and and so it kind of it kind of conveys that uh, to the shooter. And and a lot of what we do and kind of getting outside of the cosmetic side, but it, I guess it it really it really transcends into that as well is we're trying to boost the confidence of the archer. I feel like, you know, when you, when you're confident in your equipment, when you know when your air, where your arrow is going, cause you've practiced and, and, you know, you're shooting the broadhead that, you know, is, you know, dialed in your bows in tune, you draw back, you know, your heart's pounding, you know, you've forgotten everything you learned in archery because all you're, you're focused on is one shot right now. Cause you're in the bow hunting tree stand. And if you're confident in your equipment, you just make a better shot. You know, if yeah. you're, if you're kind of wondering, cause I've done this. It's like, you're wondering, well, I don't know, is this, is this going to go where I want it to? You don't make as good a shot. And I think that's just a lot of it is a mental game. And so I think that, you know, trying to make those cosmetics and those designs sort of line up with, the quality, the confidence, the, everything that's gone into that, making that product, the way we branded it, you know, to try to get everything working together in parallel uh, so that the archers on the other end kind of gets a look and feel and sort of understands what we were going for when we made that product. So, Gary, I understand if you might not be able to, to answer this question, maybe with stuff that you guys are working on, but do you guys see carbon as the end game or are there other materials that might be able to replace carbon at some point you know it's interesting i i we've we've always you know we've kind of walked, gone out and turned over stones and tried to figure you know what is there another material on the horizon uh and you know i i sit here we have a great engineering team here uh in this building and they've always been able to come up with things that you know that i wouldn't have thought of you know and and uh, so kudos to those guys, but, um, you know, as far as material goes, uh, they're constantly looking at, at what, what else could they do? I don't see, you know, really any, like, like when carbon came out 35 years ago, sort of came onto the scene, you know, that was a real sweeping paradigm change. Um, uh, I can't see anything like that on the horizon, but sometimes these guys surprise me, you know, just something pops up. Uh, but, a lot of it can, can be with things like the way we combine products together. There are a lot of different types of carbon, uh, different stiffnesses 
um, that that we can look at playing around with those kinds of I think those kinds of innovations is what you might see on the horizon there is is trying different types of carbon in different combinations with you know whether it be aluminum or just the carbon itself to make a better product um, I think it, in the near term or you know the midterm that's kind of what I would expect to see maybe we'll find something new and uh, Elon Musk makes it to Mars yeah <laughs> mars rock 200 bucks but that's a thing so so this is my Eight, thing right? this is my thing with with arrows is it always amazes me how much goes into an arrow right i mean we could literally talk for hours upon hours upon hours and we haven't even talked about like what i like to talk about which is the anatomy of the arrow right like what goes into that there's different spine strengths and we can talk about fletchings and shapes and all that kind of stuff. But there's just so much to the, to the arrow side of things that I don't think people realize, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's just one of those things. I mean, we're, we're going to have to have you back on because there's, there is a lot more to talk, <laughs> talk about, but uh, it, it's always amazed me how much technology actually goes into, to an arrow. Yeah. So, and, and Easton is no doubt top of the line when it comes to that category. Yeah. So. So I appreciate that. And, you know, if, if you, if you, you fellows are ever out this way, you know, come get a tour of the plant. If you haven't been out here, we'll, yeah. we'll show you where <laughs> I, told awesome. Gary, I told Gary that when I was talking to him, I was like, dude, I was just in Utah. <laughs> I went to Badlands. <laughs> I went to Hoyt. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't go to Utah. I'm like, dang it. How does this happen? There's always next time. There's sure. always next time, which I wouldn't mind going back anyway, to be honest. It was a beautiful, beautiful state. I had a really good time there. So, yeah. so thank you, Gary. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate you. Yeah, yep. For those of you looking for more information, go to easternarchery.com. But uh, Gary, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Yeah, my pleasure. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.